your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and that's where we'll be for most time, but there's going to be actually a lot of scripture verses. So if you have something to take notes with, there's a pen in front of you, um, just there's a few things to write down as well today. I'm give you three things to write down. So I just encourage you to get ready to receive from the Lord, but uh, it's good to be together in the house of God. It really is good to be back, and, and I just want to say thank you so much to, um, to, the, to the people who stepped in uh, while I couldn't be here. I know Luke preached, and, and Jay Peters preached, and um, uh, Dr. Paul Allen last week, phenomenal. Thank you, Dr. Paul, for doing that. It just, it's just, I appreciate um, people that can step up and step in, and that's really how God designed the church to work. I'm going to read a scripture. Uh, it'll be on the screen, so you don't have to turn to it. But um, it's Ephesians chapter 4, beginning of verse 11. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That God gives to his church gifts, and one of the gifts is a pastor and a teacher, and that's what I am. That's my calling in life, is to be the pastor and the teacher, to, to lead the church. But it's not just one voice that we hear, it's we need the evangelist, right? We need Luke, we need Jay Peters up here just pushing us on to share the good news. We need apostles like Dr. Paul Allen last week, and, and I know he may not use that term, but I'll use that term for him because he's more than just a missionary. He's somebody that, yeah, he deserves that. He deserves that. It was a good word last week, man. I was, I was shouting at my TV. I was also in pain, but I was shouting at my TV. So, but it was good because, uh, you know, they're more than just missionaries. He and Eileen, they oversee that. I mean, they have churches all across the island that they impact and train and teach and people. And not only that, they're raising up Dominicans from that nation to be missionaries all around the world. They're, they're sending people out. That's what apostles do. They establish and they send. In a few weeks, uh, uh, Steve Sampson's going to be with us. He has a prophetic ministry, so that office of prophet will be here in just a couple weeks. And so we need all of those things in the church because when we have all of those things, that's when we have unity. That's when we're built up. That's when we're equipped. That's when we're mature. That's when we're full of Jesus. So we need all of those things. I believe in the church, like I said, more now today than ever before because the church is changing the world. You may not hear that ever on TV or maybe not even see it, but let me tell you, it's happening. I think about what happens here at church on a weekly basis from the youngest to the oldest. Our kids are having a, a great time with their back-to-school bash right now, but from the youngest to the oldest in church, there's ministry for them. We have the kids' pantry, the food pantry, all the things we do for the community. But it's not just what we do. We also give to other people in the community. We give to higher-up ministries that work with at-risk youth here in Mount Prospect. It's not just Mount Prospect. It's all of Chicagoland. We help support Tom and Faith Kennington in South Chicago Christian Center on the south side of Chicago in one of the most dangerous neighborhoods. And if you could pray for them uh, this week, uh, Tom has two funerals for two of, young, two of their young men that were shot. The four were actually shot, two died this past week. And, and, um, but we're there with them. We, we, we stand with them. We're, we're, we're encouraging them. We're helping them. 
It's not just around here in, or in the United States. We, we do it all over the world. We support missionaries in Africa and Asia and Eastern Europea, Europe and, um, I'm trying to think, Mexico, Central America, South America. I mean, literally all over the world. If, if we put a map on the board, there are missionaries everywhere that we give. Do you know we give thousands upon thousands of dollars every single month, not just for us, but all over the world because what they're doing is changing the world. We have a big calling as a church. A lot of churches don't do that because maybe they can't do that. But God's blessed us from our very beginnings. We were always going to be a missionary church because it's not just about us. It's about the world. And it's not just about us as a church. It's about you as the church. Because the church isn't a building. It's us as people. If there's something that COVID should have taught us is that the church really isn't the building. Because I didn't miss the building. I missed you. I missed being together. I miss gathering together in Jesus' name. And this idea of the church isn't an idea of a pastor or missionary somewhere. This idea of church came from Jesus. Matthew chapter 16 is where we're at today. And so if you have your Bibles, open to that, and we'll begin at verse 13. It says, when Jesus came to the area of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They answered, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? That's the Jesus question. We've talked about that at the beginning of this Jesus series. What do you say about Jesus? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, you are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Let's pick it up at verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you release on earth will be released in heaven. Jesus says several things in this passage of Scripture, and and so here's where we're going to start writing things down and looking at other Scriptures. But the first thing Jesus says is, I will build my church. It's Jesus' church. It's not Peter's church. It's not my church. It's Jesus' church. It's his idea. It's his plan from the very beginning. This is what we're going to do. And church literally means in the Greek, ekklesia, the gathering together of believers, those that are called by God, those that are following Jesus, the gathering together of believers. Jesus does this. He asks this question in Caesarea Philippi, which is a Roman area, and he, he asked them, because this is a place where the disciples are uncomfortable. This is a Gentile area. This is not where these good Jewish boys are from. And so they, they feel out of place. They don't fit in here. And he's asking them, who do you say that I am? Because he's wanting them to know, look, this isn't about the Jews or the Gentiles. It's not about Rome or another conquering nation. This is, this is about a brand new kingdom and a brand new identity. And you will not fit in this world anymore because you don't belong to this world, you belong to me. That's what Jesus is saying. We're going behind enemy lines, guys, to talk about what is coming. And what I love about this is that the church has outlasted every empire that has ever conquered the world. Long after the Democrats and Republicans are out of office, Jesus will still be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the church... The church will still be on mission here in this world. 
See, we have a new identity. We have a new kingdom. And as we sang today, but it also says in Luke chapter 1, verse 33, his kingdom will never end. We're a part of that, that new kingdom, that new identity. What else does Jesus say? He says, the power of Hades or hell will not conquer it or overcome it. That we don't have to fear. We worship Christ, this new king, this new kingdom, and guess what's going to happen? The devil's going to come against you. The Bible's very clear. You and I are in a battle. Have you ever said, okay, today I'm going to do this for God, or I'm going to start doing this, and as soon as you say that, everything in your life starts falling apart. As soon as you take that step of faith, everything starts happening. Why? Because you're in a battle. And the enemy's not happy. And so the, the gates of hell are going to the enemy's going to come against you. But I love what Jesus says. You don't have to worry. It's not going to conquer you. It's not going to overcome you. What you have to think about is as, as the enemy rushes against us, we have to think of it this way. The, the ark in the Old Testament is a type of the church, the, those that are being saved. And so think of yourself in this boat. When the flood came, did the ark sink? No, it went higher. See, when the enemy comes against you, he's not going to win. He's actually going to, you're going to be raised up by, he's going to take care. Jesus is going to take care of you as the enemy comes against you. He promises us that in that word, that the enemy's not going to overcome you. It says in Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The enemy's not going to win. When the enemy comes against you, it's actually lifting you higher. It's not bringing you down. You will not sink. The church will not sink. You will not sink because you are the church. The enemy is not going to win. Genesis 50, 20 says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done to save many lives. I love that passage of Scripture because it's Joseph and his brothers were out to destroy him. But what they meant to destroy him, God actually blessed him and used him to save many others. That's what God's going to do in your life. The enemy's going to come against you to destroy you. But God says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. You might have abundantly. I'm going I'm to lift you up. You're going to float during this time. You're going to go higher during this time because good is coming to you. You've got to believe that, that, that good is coming to me because Jesus won the victory. He won the victory on the cross. He's already defeated Satan. You're walking in that victory. We are more than conquerors, as it says in Romans chapter 8. So we have that victory. So we know that the enemy's not going to win. And then Jesus says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. You know, if I give you these keys, these are my church keys, so this will get you into pretty much any room in this entire building. It can get you in from the outside. This, these keys will give you access to anywhere in this building. And so if I gave them to you, you would have access to go anywhere in this building, to any office, to any place. And, and, and if you got to that place, let's say I gave you the keys and you're in this, somebody's office and they're like, you know, why are you in this office? And if you said, Pastor Daryl gave me his keys to come in here, what I've given you is not just access, I've given you authority. Oh, Pastor Daryl gave him to Oh, okay, you can come in here. Jesus says, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. I'm giving you access and authority. 
Like, you don't have to, you don't have to get permission to talk about Jesus. You don't have to get permission to do something for God. He says, I'm giving this to you. You have access and authority. And when I say go, the Great Commission, go into all the world. When I say go, you can go. We don't have to say, well, I don't know if we can support this missionary in China. I don't know if we can do this in India. I don't know if we can do this in Africa. We can do this because Jesus said, go into all the world. And you don't have to say, well, that's just for Pastor Daryl or Dr. Paul Allen or Jay Peters. You know, no, it's for you. Jesus says, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. You don't need permission. When you walk in obedience, you're going to have the power of God going with you wherever you go. And God's sending you places that I could never get into because God's placed you in those places. And so I have the access and authority that God gives me. Then he talks about binding and loosing. And when we think about binding and loosing, a lot of times we think about the spirit realm and spiritual warfare. But when Jesus is talking here, he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. He's talking about a rabbi that would give permission or say, you can't do that. You can do that or you can't do that. It's, it's that binding, uh, you can't, or loosing, giving the permission to do it. So that's what he's talking about here. And when we, when we see that in Scripture, it's really important for us to remember, and I talk about this all the time, that when it comes to the Bible, this will be on the screen, when it comes to the Bible, that, that we shape our lives to fit God's Word. That, that what God says in His Word is how I live my life. That, that, that I, I shape my life to fit God's Word. I don't shape God's Word to fit my life. I don't, I don't say, well, you know, the world says this or that or the other. No, I don't care what anybody says is right or wrong. I don't even care what the law says is right or wrong. I care what God says is right or wrong. Why? Because he's the creator. He is here before, during, and after. Long when everything else has changed, he never changes. His word remains forever. This is the owner's manual. He knows better than any of us could ever know. And he says, okay, this is how you live your life. This is how you follow me. So I do it according to his word. I don't change his word to fit my life. So I, I bind and I lose. I've got the authority to speak on those things because that's what God says in his word. What I love is that Jesus keeps teaching us in Matthew 18, just a, a, another couple chapters over, and he starts teaching a lot about the church, but I'm, I'm just going to give you one verse because this, like, this is like my favorite. It says in verse 20, Matthew 18, 20, For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. That, that it's great today. We have so many people here today. Jesus is here, man. We could feel him in, in worship, couldn't we? We, just, we know that he's here in his word. We know that Jesus is here. There's something happened when we come together on a Saturday or a Sunday. Or maybe you have a small group that you meet with, or maybe even your family. With two or three are gathered together in his name. It can be on a Zoom call. It can be on a phone call. It can be in person. But he is there with you. Something changes in the atmosphere when we gather together in his name. Something fundamentally changes. And so I want to find myself in those kind of places. It's funny because um, uh, years ago when Luke, uh, when my son Luke was only five years old, he was in a wedding, a family wedding out in California. And uh, so we didn't have a lot of money to go, so it was just him and me. We went out there, and uh, he was going to be the ring bearer in the, um, in the uh, uh, wedding. And so we got a hotel room out in Southern California, and how many know when you're five years old at a hotel, there's 
only one thing that really matters, and that's the pool, right? Where's the pool, Dad? I want to see the pool. And so we get checked in our room, we go down, and we find the pool. And he's like, yes, you know, the pool. We got the pool. And then he asked me, where's the church? Where's the church? And I, and I, and I thought, well, the wedding's not today. You know, we'll, we'll have the um, you know, rehearsal. We'll go to the church tomorrow. It's, it's kind of far away. It's not near the hotel. So we'll go to the church tomorrow. And he goes, no, Dad. Where's the church in the hotel? I'm like, the church in the hotel? What, what does he mean? And what I, I, I started putting together, we had just had the Ascension Convention at the Hyatt Regency where, if, if you're new to the church, we do a youth conference every year at the Hyatt Regency, and the ballroom is full of kids and lights and sound, and it is like the biggest party church service any, anywhere. And, and we had just come from it. So he thought every hotel had a service like that going on. So he's like, where's the, where's the church, Dad? I want to go to the church. But, but even that five-year-old got it that when people are gathered together in the name of Jesus, there's something happening in that place. That, that this matters what we're doing today. It, it matters that you woke up and you fought the rain and you got here and, and you're here with your brothers and sisters in Christ and it may have been the most difficult week of your life but you're here because Jesus is here. Or that you got up early and you tuned in online that, that you wanted to hear God's word, that you wanted it inside of you. There's something that's powerful about that when we gather together in the name of Jesus. So I want to plant myself with other believers. And that's what's the beauty of the local church because every church in the book of Acts in the New Testament, they were local churches. They were churches in a specific area. I know we have a, a church where people, some people drive over an hour to come to church here, but they say, this is my church family. I am planting myself here because when I plant myself here, the roots can go down deep. See, what happens is if we plant ourselves and then we pick ourselves up and go over here and plant ourselves and pick up ourselves and plant over here, if you start replanting a plant too much, that plant's never going to grow. It's probably going to die because the roots need that soil. They need to go down deep so that they can grow. And that's what the Bible talks about, being spiritually mature. And so we've got to find that place. God says, this is your house. This is your family. You're not meant to be an orphan or just visit this family or that family. You're to be this part of this family. And when you do that, it keeps us growing and obedient and it keeps that fire burning for the Lord. The power of God is with us when we gather together in his name. We're his children, we're his family, we're his body to this world. I told you we're going to write down three things, so let's do that now. The first thing I want you to write down is that the church is a people connected to God. The church is a people connected to God. God is calling us to be completely devoted to him that we are connected to him, that we say, no, I don't follow anything else in this world. Jesus, I follow you alone. I'm completely devoted to you. James and uh, Peter, excuse me, Peter and John in the book of Acts, I, I love this verse in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Uh, it says this, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. That after uh, Peter and John talked a little bit, they realized that they had been with Jesus, that, that these two guys had been with Jesus, that they knew Jesus. When people see your life, do they know you've been with Jesus? That's what we should, we should take what we have here, and we should take it wherever we go, take Jesus wherever we go. I was on a phone call yesterday. Um, I was, my, uh, my iPad wasn't working, and um, I that's like my tool. That's, I need my iPad for all the things that I do, and, and 
wasn't working, and I'm on the phone, and the person is in Louisiana or somewhere, and um, everything takes about five minutes to reload and do these things, and so we're talking, and, and um, just talking, hey, where are you from, what's the weather like, how are you doing, what's going on, and, um, and, and she's just like, she goes, you're really nice to talk to. She goes, most people are not very happy when they call me. And I'm like, well, I'm not really happy. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fresh, but, but, but uh, I'm just, you know, and then, and well, where are you at? And I'm like, well, I'm a pastor at church. or getting ready for church. She goes, oh, of course, you're a pastor. You know, like, like when people hear and say, oh, they've been with Jesus. So you need that in your life. Now, there's plenty of times where I'm not like that. But just yesterday was a good day. The kidney stone's gone. I'm happy. I am just, I am just so happy all the time right now. So it was a good day. But, but shouldn't that be our life where we just, where, what is wrong with you? Like, you're, you're, you're kind, you're loving, you're, you're full of peace and joy. What, what in the world? You know, but again, I love it. They realized they had been with Jesus. Don't be afraid for that deeper relationship. Go in deeper because God has so much for you when you go deeper with him. Stay connected to him. It says in Psalm uh, 149.4, the Lord takes pleasure in his people. I want to be his people. I, wanna, I want the Lord to take pleasure in me. I want to be connected to God. The second thing to write down is this. The, the church is a people transformed by God. The church is a people transformed by God. God gives you a new identity when you come to him. He, he places you in a new kingdom. He's at work inside of you. You are transformed, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is new crea- the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. See, we need that. We need to be that new creation. We are transformed by God. It, it, we're connected to him, and then he changes us. He gives us a new identity. He's at work inside of us. Acts 1, 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth, that we need the power of the Holy Spirit, that when we belong to him, when we're with him, there's power in our life. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you and I, as human beings, when God created us, he created us to house his power. Like, I can have God living inside of me. That's how he designed us. That's how he created us. He wants to live inside you. He wants to be at work inside of you. And he has something that that he wants you to do in this world, but you can't do it in your own strength. If you try to do it in your own strength, good luck with that. You need supernatural power to do whatever he asks you to do. And that's why you say, God, I want to be connected to you. I want to be transformed by you. I need your power in my life. I believe that God has something for every single one of us to do, that, that we all have a call on our life. It's not just for pastors or missionaries. It's not for those office ministry gifts. It's for all of us. And, and so here, write this down. The devil doesn't care if you go to church. He just doesn't want you to be the church. He doesn't care if you walk through the doors and come to church. He just doesn't want you to take what you've got here and take it out there. He doesn't want you to, he, the devil doesn't want you to take Jesus to this world. He doesn't want you to be Jesus to this world. But that leads us to the third thing to write down, and it's this, the church is a people bringing God to this world. That's our calling, to bring God to this world. See, whether intentionally or unintentionally, we are all influencing the world around us. So I want us to intentionally influence the world for Jesus. Because Jesus said, Acts 1-8, 
you're going to be my witnesses. I, I, you're going to be my people in this world. You're going to be my family in this world. You're going to be my body in this world. And, and because the, the church is people, the church goes with us when we leave. We are the ones that promote. We're the ones that partner with God. When we go out of here, that's what we do. Here's what I want you to write down. I want you to get this today. Write this down. It's not your job to be like everybody else. It's your job to be the you God created you to be so that you can do the thing that God has called you to do. That's the bottom line. That, that you don't have to be like everybody else. That God created you specifically for a purpose, for a reason. There's something only you can do that no one else can take your place in line. That, that, that if, if I'm not there, this doesn't get done. That God says, this is why you're here. I don't have to be like everybody else. I don't have to do what the world tells me. I get to do what God tells me to do. And, and I have the power and authority. I have the access to do that. And God's going to be with me. And, and what he says goes, not what the world says. I don't have to be like everybody else. I have to be the person he's called me to do so that I can do the thing that he's called me to do. See, we need to be connected to God because you can live on his power or your power. I don't want to live on my power. I want to live on his power. I don't want to be walking in my identity. I want to be walking in his identity. That's what changes the world. Many pray for revival, but here, one last thing on the screen. Revival comes when we are his people, sharing his life, changing love and power wherever we go. Revival comes when we take Jesus with us, when we go out and we begin to share him, when we begin to do what God has called us to do, when we walk in that gift, when we walk in that authority, when we go out and do that. And what you're doing when you go out, you're teaming up with God. Like when you say, okay, when I go out and, and wherever I'm at, whether I'm at home, I'm at work, I'm, I'm at Walmart, wherever I go, I'm teaming up with God. That's the best team ever, right? Don't you want to be on Team God? I'm not interested in Team Daryl anymore doesn't work. I want to be on team God because there's something powerful. When I connect with my creator, when I connect with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who has a mission for me in this world and I'm teaming up with him, there's nothing like it in this world. Like lives are changed when I team up with him. And I believe that God wants to use us in a powerful way as a church family, but also as the church as we go. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? I believe God has given you a life mission. There's a calling upon your life that only you can fulfill. There's no one that can step in and do that for you. Stop trying to be somebody else. Stop trying to be whatever the world tells you you need to be. You need to be who God called you to be. And you need to do what God called you to do. We are the church and we are powerful. There are things happening in the kingdom world today that are going to matter for all of eternity. Everybody can write us off. They can write Christ off. They can write the church off. But there are things that are happening right now that will outlast any empire of this world. And lives are being changed because individuals and churches are saying, this is what I'm called to do in the world. I'm doing what I was made to do. And God's going to give you the power. He's going to give you the authority. He's going to give you the ability. And, and, and you're not going to be alone. You are teaming up with him this week. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power that you've given the church. God, I thank you that the, the church has been pronounced dead far too often, but we keep coming back. Lord, the ark keeps rising as the flood comes. 
And Lord, there are so many people that are facing the flood, so many people that have so much coming against them, but God, I pray that you would raise them up this week, that you would make them strong this week. God, that they would see who they are in you this week, that they wouldn't be living in their own power and identity, but Lord, they'd be kingdom people living for the king. And God, that you would come and live inside us, and God, that you would use us in this world. God, we are not interested in playing games or fitting in We're not interested in marking time. God, we want you. We want to be connected to you. We want to be transformed by you. And we want to be you to this world. So, Lord, however many days you give us to live, Lord, we will live for you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen.